Thank you for joining us today at Our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in seven different locations. We hope that today's message encourages and empowers you on your spiritual journey and helps you grow deeper in your relationship with God. To learn more about Our Savior's Church and how you can get involved, you can visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. Everybody feeling good? Great to see you all today. Uh, If you don't know already, my name is Pastor Scott. I'm so happy to be with y'all. I've been out, at least from preaching, for the last couple weeks. And y'all have gotten to hear from Pastor Jacob, our senior pastor. How many of y'all have enjoyed that? Yeah, and so um, it's been refreshing for me. Uh, I get to spend a lot of time with Pastor Jacob in our staff meetings and elsewhere, but it's been really awesome just to sit and to hear from him as he shared so much about the past, our our history, as he's gone back over two decades. Can y'all believe that our church is 25 years old? Uh, Raise your hand if you've been here since the Orange Chair days. Look at all the orange chair. If you don't know what that means, that means that they've been here a long time. (laughs) Give it up for everybody. Let me see your hands again. Let me see your hands, Paul and Weezy. I'm going to go through some names here in a minute. Thank y'all for your faithfulness. The Falgus, of course. So we're going to go through today, and I'm going to give y'all more of the story, kind of the story behind the story that helps make sense of where we are today as a church. But I I love love hearing from Pastor Jacob because he not only took us back, he also gave us a vision of what's to come. And as he did so, I was so just, just in awe of how God is moving across this region. Uh, of course, in Abbeville. Come on, anybody from Abbeville? About five of y'all? Come on, we, welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, uh, Ville Platte, do we have any Villeplatians here? Villeplatians, a couple? Let me see your hands, raise your hands high, Villeplatians, okay. Um, Youngsville, anybody live in the Youngsville area? I do, I do. Any other? Okay. All right. Um, thank you, Youngsville people. Of course, Lafayette. And it was just awesome to see and to hear uh, the vision for the future. And uh, I just want y'all to know that, like, as I'm watching and I'm listening, I'm probably thinking what y'all are thinking. I'm like, man, okay, that's awesome. But I was thinking the whole time, not just about what God is doing and what he's going to do. In my mind, I went back to what he's done here at Midtown. Amen. And, and let me say this. Eight years ago, let me say this. Eight years ago, we were like that baby. You know, when you had, raise your hand if you've had children. You have children? You have children? You remember your first, especially your first? Ladies, when you had your first, it's like you could give birth at 2 a.m. It didn't matter what time. People were coming over to the hospital next day bringing gifts. And like everybody is just all about that first child. Well, that was us about eight years ago. We were like that cute, cuddly little kid. Everybody was making over us eight years ago. Um, but listen, we are the big deal we were the big deal then. I think we still are the big deal, but uh, I'm biased. Uh, <laughs> we, were the, we were the new baby then. Uh, but how many of y'all know God has given birth uh, to other campuses since then? There are other children is what I'm saying. And so as, I, as I'm looking forward, I'm like, praise God. But for at least a few minutes, I, I thought back to the fact that, man, we are here today because a group of people like y'all sat there years ago, and those people, many of you, you saw what God could do here, and you sowed into it. And listen, we are here today ultimately because of the grace of God. Can I get an amen? Are you saved today and born again, a lover of God? Are you? Let me hear it from you. That is by the grace of God. But at the same time, how many of y'all know the grace of God works through us, through people? And, and people sow, we, we sow, we sow seed so others can reap. And today we are reaping because of people's 
generosity, their faithfulness to sow all those years ago. Can I get an amen? And so I want to thank you, all of you who sowed into this campus all those years ago. Many people are reaping the benefits to this very day because of you. But let me, let me just take you on a quick journey. Going back, maybe you're new, maybe you've come since we reopened from COVID, and maybe you don't know the full backstory. Well, I can't get into all the details, but let me just share this. We are here today because of God. Everybody say God. But God placed a dream, a vision in Pastor Jacob Arenza's heart and his mind well over two decades ago. Pastor Jacob had traveled, evangelizing all over the world, and God had called he and Michelle to plant in this region. Back then, it was in Broussard. And God moved in Broussard. The church began to grow. People got saved, born again, lives changed. And people bought into it. People became a part of it. But then God began to move in Lafayette. And so the Broussard location, the people there, sowed seeds into the Lafayette location. And so a building was built then and there. And then once that took place, God began to move in Opelousas. In Opelousas, a, a, a city of what, like 18,000 people? God began to move there. Pastor Eugene and Heidi had a burden, had a vision for that community. And so Broussard and Lafayette, the people therein, they gave to see Opelousas come to a reality. And this morning, uh, there are people gathered there, well over 1,000 people gathered at the Opelousas location, white and black, rich and poor, all together worshiping Jesus because of Jesus, but because of the grace of God at work in the people's lives who saw what God would do in that community. And so as we look out, we can go back to Broussard. We can see what God did and is continuing to do in Lafayette and Opelousas. But going back eight years ago, or about eight and a half, God placed a dream in Pastor Nick and Rachel's hearts to start this location. And this location was on the screen all those years ago. And because of their vision to reach this area and the people in it, well, people began to sow. Many of you began to see the vision and so into it. And I don't know if you guys have seen the, the, the before of this campus, uh, but let's take a look at the screen. I want y'all to, you see what we have now, right? And I get it. It's not about the building, but how many of y'all are thankful for a nice place to meet? How many of y'all are comfortable for nice, comfortable chairs? Okay. Well, let me take you back and let's, let's look at what this location looked like before the work went into it. Now, you know the four-year where you came in this morning? Okay. Not too bad, right? Right? Okay, okay, keep going. Oh, whoa. What about them colors? It's coming back, y'all know. All that's going to come back. Um, but th there is the, the, the sanctuary, of course, the, the stage where I'm sitting. Okay, keep going. Okay. Keep going. Okay, stop right there. I mean... Mr. Walter, you remember those days, Ms. Stacy? Okay, obviously that stage is where I'm now sitting. Carpet was ripped out, pews were taken out. I mean, you're talking about the building from the floor up was totally renovated. Do we have another? <laughs> That's when we started gutting the place. And some of the stuff came from, we threw out in the front to be picked up. Now the building is white. What else? Do we have another one? 
Okay, okay, that's enough, right? You've seen enough. That, that's a, those are some pictures of what this place looked like when basically this building was given to us all those years ago. And I, I want to take just a minute and recognize some of the leaders who were here at the very beginning who saw what God could do here and, and literally helped rebuild this place. And if I don't mention your name and you're here, please forgive me, but I've got, I think I've got a good list here. And, and I want you to hold your applause till I get to the end. But, uh, but Gerald and Kim Abair, would y'all stand up? When I, when I mention your names, please stand up. They don't want to stand up. That's why I'm telling them to stand up. Turn around. Let everybody look at you. Let everybody look at you. Okay. Stay, stay on your feet. Stay on your feet. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, Mr. Lash and Linda Carroll, they're out of town today. Give, give them a little bit of praise right now, a little honor, I should say, right now. Thank y'all. They'll listen to this later. Uh, Brett and Sonia Grayson, uh, Donald and Kim Menard, where are y'all? They don't like to stand up either. Please stand up. Please stand up. Um, oh, Mr. Walter and Stacy Arsenault right here in the front. Uh, Paul and Wheezy LeBlanc, where are y'all? Come, please stand, please stand. Uh, Kelly and Elise Aver, there y'all are. Look at y'all. Stand up, let everybody look at y'all. Uh, Jeremy and Julia, ooh, come on y'all, stand up please. Mike Falgu, Trey and Allie Head, Joel and Beth Baja, Mike and Lisa Bronstein, James Kiner. James, where are you? Where are you, James. James has left the building. Praise God. He was here. Uh, James, uh, uh, Troy and Penny Falgu, please stand up. Whole family over here to my right. Uh, Gino and Ann Seville. Jacqueline and Dean McFarlane. J Come on, stand up, Jacqueline. There you go. If I, if I missed anybody else, if you were here in the very beginning, please stand up. Whew. Oh, I got one. Okay, I'm sorry. Look, more standing. Okay, I didn't see y'all. Toby. And Sarah, the rest, look at y'all. Look, turn around. Let everybody look at y'all. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Toby, Sarah, thank y'all. Thank y'all. Thank all of y'all who are here from the very beginning. Go ahead and have a seat. Of course, so many others. I've got a long, I could go on for 10 more minutes listing names. Jaime and Rebecca, thank y'all so, so very, very much. But I wanted y'all to see, first of all, many of the leaders, there are more, who were here from the beginning, who literally poured their lives into this building, who helped rebuild this place. And we are here today because of their generosity. We have this beautiful place to meet at, to worship in. But, but listen, of course, none of this would have been possible without the obedience of Pastor Nick and Rachel Carroll. Come on, let's give it up for them. They're obviously not here. They're now in another place, in another city, pastoring in Alabama. Thank God they answered the call on their lives to begin this great work. But here's what I want you to see. Here's what I want you to see. It's not just about the before and after pictures of the building. Obviously, thank all of y'all who labored helping to build, rebuild this place. But more than anything, it's about the before and after picture of all the lives that have been changed by Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The lives that have been recreated, reborn here at this location. And here's what I want you to know. First of all, I never want to exaggerate numbers. I want to be very accurate. How many of y'all know it's not good to exaggerate? So I, I, let me just say this. I don't have the exact number, but this is very safe before God to say that over the years, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds have been born again right here at this location. I didn't have time to go through the books and look. Hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands have responded to the gospel right here at this 
location. And y'all should be very, very proud of that. Countless lives have been changed. And, and you know, the great thing is I receive, I receive text messages, uh, Facebook messenger messages all the time from, from y'all about how God is, how he's moved in your life. And I, I can't always share those. I want to do a better job of sharing those stories. But before I get into to those, let, let me just say this. We're, we're now in, we're in November. We're approaching Thanksgiving. People are hunting. People are out. Let me, let me just say this. Um, you might look around and you're like, man, I want, I want to see God move at this campus. Let me, let me just say this. He is moving in lives all the time. I am receiving these reports. And here, here's what encourages me. Not only that many of you have come, especially since we reopened from COVID, but watch this. From this campus, we have raised and we have sent some of the best leaders in OSC. Mm-hmm. Maybe you didn't know that. Listen, we are a seed-scattering campus. Let me, let me give you just a couple of names. Again, I can't cover everybody. Please forgive me if I don't mention you. In this regard, uh, you, you're gone. The person's gone, so we couldn't get mad at me anyway. But let me say this. The people we've sent. Let me talk about some of the, the ones that we've sent. First of all, Marty and Angel Duracell. You see that? Listen, listen carefully. Their lives were changed, transformed, their marriage rescued right here at Midtown. They were raised right here at Midtown and sent from Midtown to go help Pastor Gabe and Lauren in Broussard. I just got on the phone with Pastor Gabe several days ago. He said, thank you, man of God. <laughs> thank you. We are better. They're, they're better in Broussard because of this incredible couple we sent to help them. How many of y'all know that seed sown? Marty and Angel raised right here. Marty was in law enforcement for, for many years, and now God is using him to arrest hearts for the glory of God. That was terrible. That was so bad. That was not in my notes. But there you go. There you go. I'm going to just leave now is what I'm going to do. I'm going to just leave. Pastor David, that was, that was you, you saw my notes. That wasn't in my notes. Okay. It shouldn't have been in my, yeah. Touche, touche, touche. This is, uh, everybody give it up for Pastor David. This is his last Sunday. Thank you. It's been great having you, Pastor David. We are now sowing your seed into another campus. Love you. It's been nice knowing you. Um, hey, hey, Marty and Angel, how about, how about Pastor Myron and Courtney? If you're new, you hear that, the, the applause? I mean, that, that's a deep affinity for these, these couples who, who are used so greatly here. Pastor Myron was a businessman, still is, really, still working in business. And uh, he and Courtney were just used so mightily here by God. He was my associate here for a couple of years. Well, there was a need in Opelousas. Pastor Eugene called and said, man of God. You know how he does. Those of you know Pastor Eugene. Man of God, we have a need. I'm like, okay. It was really tough <laughs> to send uh, Pastor Myron and, and his bride. But we, we sent them and we sowed them into Opelousas. And Pastor Eugene, just a few days ago, said, man of God. <laughs> I'm like, I need to call y'all more often. I like y'all calling me that. Man of God, thank you for sending Myron and Courtney to us. They're better because of us sowing seed into that campus. Let me tell you something. That was hard to send those couples. Let me tell you about another couple, CJ and Aaliyah Pollard. You hear that? You, new people, if you're here, you hear that? You feel that? How many of y'all loved them, all these couples, deeply? 
And man, it's hard to see people you love go. But that's the way of the kingdom here in OSC. We, we conceive and give birth to Jesus causes people to be born again, and then we raise them. And then what do we do? We, we send them, and our church overall is better because of it. Can I get an amen? That is the way of the kingdom of God. And so we've seen these couples raised, and hey, sending CJ and Aaliyah into New Iberia. I mean, that was a big deal. They're now serving in student ministries there and are doing a phenomenal job. How many of y'all know they didn't start there? They started here. So their first experience in ministry was right here, being groomed, trained, raised, and now Pastor Don is reaping the benefits. You're welcome, Pastor Don. <laughs> Are y'all with me? But hey, I mean, this is, this is us together, what we were able to do together. So when I think about all that God is doing, I reflect back on what God has done. Some sowed into us so that we could prosper, so that we could then sow into others. Such is the way of the kingdom of God. And so here we are today as a campus, going in our, in our final installment here of our legacy series. And, and let, me, let me do this. I want to share just a couple of stories uh, from some, some dear beloved members here whose, whose lives have been completely changed by Christ. And, and again, earlier I mentioned how I get these text messages all the time. Uh, one person that texts me all... I don't exaggerate. I would say monthly, Don, you do this. Don, Darren Becker. Don, would you stand up? He's like 6'5", so you can see him real easily. Don is one of our most faithful church members. He is here almost every single Sunday. Don, you're a man of God. You're a man of God. And I could go back into my text thread and I could share story after story, uh, text after text, you can sit down, uh, of just how God has moved in his life. But I said, Don, I want you just, would you write down, give me, a, give me your testimony, write it down for me. <laughs> you got to be careful what you ask for. Uh, Don uh, texted me, what was it, like four pages of, uh, of his testimony. And then I wrote back and very graciously said, can you give it to me in like a paragraph, you know? <laughs> But how many of y'all know, you really can't contain what God's done in a paragraph. But let me try in two. Can I do it? I've, I've taken all of his story together, and, and, I, and here, here's basically what, what Don said. I want you to lean in to listen to this because this is huge. Listen to what he says. Don said, up until two years ago, my life was one big party. Can anybody identify with that? He said, sports, concerts, and bars. And he says, and I was single. And they put in parenthesis and said, I wonder why. I lived only for self, he said. But then something happened. One dark, still, lonely night, reality set in. Death stared me in the face from drinking and smoking heavily. Alone and scared, I dropped to my knees, begging a God to help me. I pleaded for mercy, and little did I know that I surrendered my life over to God. Then, I love this part, then one weekend, my girlfriend asked me to go with her uh, to church at OSC Midtown. God bless you, whoever you are, whoever that girlfriend is. And, and, and here's what Don said. Why not? Why not? And he said, I happened to go a month before Baptism Sunday, and Pastor Scott answered everything that was foreign to me. That's when I was preaching through Acts, wasn't it? And here's what he said. He said, I was debating whether I should go or not on Baptism Sunday. Being raised as a Catholic, he said, been there, done that. <laughs> 
He said, well, I came dressed in my normal clothes as usual. The next thing I knew, I'm changing into shorts and a T-shirt. <laughs> I love this. Being dunked in a pool. He called it a pool. <laughs> Being dunked in a pool by a pastor half my size. <laughs> Y'all know who that was. Props to Pastor Marty. Come on, vertically challenged people. Jesus loves y'all. He says, then it happened. Everything made sense to me. I died to my old self and came alive new in Christ. Jesus took my hand and has led me by the way ever since being born again. And it happened right here at Midtown. By the grace of God. Don, you're a man of God. You're a miracle. You're a miracle. And we rejoice with you today. We rejoice with you. <laughs> Isn't this awesome? Yes. Let, me, let me give you one more. I reached out to Miss Becky Haland and uh, she and her husband, Day. Where are y'all? Becky and Day, would y'all stand up? Would y'all stand up? Y'all are so colorful. Y'all brighten my day in so many ways. Uh, look, you can sit down. I said, I said Miss Becky, it was last Sunday, wasn't it? You were right there sharing your story, and, and she said it so well about how God had changed her life. And I'm, I'm thinking, you know, get out my video. Can you, can you do that again? I want to get you on video. I, w I want you to share your story. Well, going into the week, I'm thinking, okay, this is the perfect Sunday. Would you please write down your testimony and share it with us? And I, I want to read it to you. Here's, here's what she said. She said, on March 7th, 2022, my husband and I walked into OSC Midtown after multiple invites from a good friend. Hey, y'all that are inviting people, keep on inviting them. Yeah. Just keep on. Maybe they said no, keep on inviting them. She said, we came back the next Sunday, and at the end of the service, we knew we were home. While I have been a Christian for many years, the spiritual growth I've experienced since attending Midtown surpasses that of any time in my life. I came to Midtown with a lot of baggage. Who else? Come on, let me see you. Everybody raise your hand. Okay, good. It's all of us. All of us come with baggage. She said, I came with a lot of baggage from a life event in 2018 that left me angry, bitter, and deeply depressed. Little did I know that coming here was all of God's doing because all the resources I needed were found at Midtown. As I look back on my 20 months here, God's hand in my life is clearly evident. Every step I took, whether a small group or an intensive or a corporate Bible study, all were purposefully placed by God as a part of my healing journey. To those who planted this church and who invested in Midtown, I give a heartfelt thank you. She says, thank you. Your investment has touched me personally, and now it's my turn again Thank you, Midtown. Thank you, Miss Becky. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, give it up for the grace of God in this place. Give it up for Jesus moving in our midst. And I could sit here all day long, and you know it's true, telling stories. Your stories about how God has moved in your life. Man, what an honor it is to pastor such an incredible group of people over the years. We've now been here five years. And I have seen God moved time and time and time and time again. So eight years ago, we were the big deal. We were up on the screen. They were raising money for us and sending people here. How many of y'all know, before Jesus, we're still a big deal? 
All of his churches are a big deal. God is not done in this place. There are many, many, many more he's going to reach right here in our small groups, in this community. Come on, give him praise if you know it's to be true. Come on, let him know. God, we thank you. We thank you in advance for what you are about to do. So with that said, this is what happens when the gospel is preached and practiced. Everybody say preached Preached. and practiced, lived out. America's favorite verse. What is it? John what? And I always say, you know, Tim Tebow did not write that. It's actually in the Bible. John 3.16. What does it say? For God so what? Love the... What did he do? He gave his what? His only son that whoever believes in him should not what? But have what? What a powerful verse. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave. How many of y'all know God's a giver? He can't help himself. That's just who he is. It's what he does. He so loved the world, he gave. He sowed Jesus into the soil of first century Palestine. That seed died. But how many of y'all are thankful Jesus sprang back to life on the third day, and now there are billions of Christians who believe in what he's done for them? God gave, he sowed. And today, we are all beneficiaries of that great generosity displayed 2,000 years ago. We come, we gather, we worship, we fellowship. Jesus is at the center of everything we do. King Jesus, risen, reigning, ruling, and coming back to this world, Jesus. He's the center. He's the chief shepherd. I'm a shepherd. He's the chief shepherd. How many of y'all know he is worthy of all of our praise for all that he's done, for all that he's getting ready to do? He is worthy of it. But I want you to see God so loved the world that he gave. Jesus so loved us that he willingly came to this world. But the key word is gave. And see, when you become a believer, when you surrender to Christ... You are now by nature, by virtue of your new nature, a giver. Now, it takes time to grow into that. It takes time to mature into who God says we already are. But we have God living on the inside of us. What an absolute privilege that is, isn't it? That God lives in us. And now because he lives in us, we are called to be like him. We are called to be, Paul says, be imitators of God. There are a lot of ways to imitate God. One of the best ways to do that is to give. Let me share a quick account from 2 Corinthians 8 where Paul really drives this home. Listen to what Paul says. 2 Corinthians 8, beginning of verse 1. We want you to know, brothers, speaking to the Corinthians, about the grace. Everybody say grace. grace. The grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, listen carefully, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this, not as we expected, but they gave of themselves First to the Lord, and then by the will of God, to who? To us. 
<laughs> now, I don't know if you caught what's going on in that passage. But Paul's writing to the Corinthians to remind them of the generosity at work in the Macedonian believers. And listen, listen carefully to what he says. Let me take your attention back to this. First, Paul says that the Macedonians' abundance of joy and their extreme poverty, how many of y'all know those two don't usually go together? Poverty and abundance of joy don't normally go together, do they? They don't. Not normally. But he says that these two were together. He said that, that they overflowed in a wealth of generosity. And what Paul is saying is they, they didn't have that much to give. This wasn't a rich network of churches. They were not financially rich, but they were spiritually rich because they were recipients of the grace of God. They were spiritually loaded. They were spiritually blessed. Their sins were forgiven. Their lives were changed. Their destination was heaven. Their names were written in the Lamb's book of life. They knew that even if their earthly life wasn't that good, that eternity was secure for them. How many of you know when you understand all of that, it changes your earthly perspective? Even if you don't have a lot here, how many of y'all are thankful you got a lot stored up there in heaven waiting for you only because of the grace of God? Not because of anything you give, but because Jesus gave it all for you. Can I get a better amen? That's the way the gospel works. Free grace. Nothing that they or we can do to earn it. We just receive it. But how many of y'all know when you receive the grace of God, it changes everything in your life? You think differently. You act differently. You process differently. A message like this, you process differently when you are a recipient of the grace of God. But first, Paul says that, that there's this abundance of joy that overflowed in a wealth of generosity. But secondly, he says this. This is nuts. They begged us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. Now, I want you to picture this. This wasn't like, okay, we'll give. Sure, I mean, there's a need, why not? I mean, this was begging. <laughs> I want you to picture a group of people running to the need, begging Paul earnestly for this opportunity to give to the relief of the saints. This is begging. Paul, please let us give. We want to give. We don't have that much. But we don't have that much to give financially, but we're spiritually rich. Whatever we have, we want to give. And here's the reason I think they did, because they knew God was in it. And how many of y'all know if God is in it, we should be willing to give to it no matter what it is. See, if I know God is in it, see, legacy isn't a gimmick. This is not a gimmick. I don't want to twist your arm. Yes, I'm going to use scripture to set it up. But listen, whatever we do, it has to be a response to what God has done in us. This is not me, you know, with a gimmick up here saying, if you do this and this is going to happen. Listen, I'm not making any of those promises, at least in the financial realm. I have a card. Hey, by the way, uh, hopefully you've got this card. It's on, on uh, each side. You've got, first of all, the place where you can write down your prayer requests, your greatest need. Let me say this. In years past, Kelly and I, we've written down our greatest need. And we saw God answer our prayer. And this year... We got something different on the card. 
Why? Because God answered that prayer. Let me make, let me make this real clear. God did not answer my prayer because we gave money. God answered our prayers because God is good and he answers prayer offered in Jesus' name that's in accordance with his will. That's it. So this is not a gimmick. This is not you do this. This comes out like a slot machine. Some of y'all understand that real well. How that works. This is, I want you to write down your greatest need. And guess what we're going to do? If you don't have a card, please raise your hand right now. If you need a card, one of these prayer pledge cards, please raise your hand. There's some in the back. Listen carefully. Listen, listen, saints. Write down your greatest need. We are going to pray over these cards as a staff, as a prayer team every week. And we're going to get behind you and behind what's a big deal to you. Some of y'all have loved ones who need a lot of prayer. Lost sons, lost daughters. Some of you are in a hard financial situation. If you haven't already, I want you to write down your greatest need. Let me come back to the other side in just a minute. Listen carefully. Paul didn't beg them to give to the saints. Instead, in an abundance of joy, listen, they begged him to give because they wanted to be a part of what God was doing in this endeavor. Eight years ago, Midtown was a big deal. I I think we still are. But now it's our turn to make Abbeville, to make Youngsville, to make Ville Platte and Lafayette the big deals. Can we do that? See, that's a sign of maturity. That's when you know you're growing up, right? Physically? What happens when you're real little and you don't get your way? When the attention's not on you, what do you what'd you do? Some adults still do that. That's another message. I'll hit that in the spring. But a mark of maturity is that what? You realize that life is not all about you. And you begin to look to the needs of others. That is the way of the kingdom of God. And so now we get to make what God is doing in this region and beyond a big deal. Pastor Chris Reese is one of my best friends. You know what I think? I'm not in competition with Pastor Chris. He is my friend. And may God bless that campus. May it grow by the thousands. May God do great, great things in Abbeville with Pastor Ryan and with Pastor Kevin in Ville Platte. May God reach that whole region. May people be born again, lives change, change marriages restored. May that take place in Ville Platte in days and months and years to come. That's how you know you're growing up and becoming mature, is that you want others to prosper. But how many of y'all know we're all on the same team? We are all on the same team. Maybe you're wondering, okay, Pastor Scott, we sent all these people out. What are we going to do? What about Midtown? Listen carefully. Midtown is going to be more than okay. Let me tell you why. Because Jesus loves Midtown, and he is going to meet every single one of our needs according to his riches and glory. He loves this campus more than we all do. I promise you that. And he's going to send us every one we need to see this campus thrive, to see people born again, to see disciples made. He is going to do it right here. You can count on it. You can count on it. 
Thank y'all for sowing seed. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Thank all of y'all who came and sowed seed here years ago. But now it's our turn, isn't it? To sow some seed into the others. The Bible says that we are to be childlike in our faith, but not childish in our attitudes and actions. Did you get that? Childlike faith, but not childish. Childlike faith, even though we're eight years old, come on, let's have childlike faith to trust God, to move through us, to give big, to see these campuses flourish for the glory of God. Amen. So, with all that said, I just realized I have sat down the whole time. Have I ever done that? I know, I got it. Okay. Miracles happen still. I want you to pull out this card. And I want you, first of all, as mentioned just a minute ago, write down your greatest need. Please, please, every single one of you, please, write down what you're believing God for. Please. And I want you to turn to the other side. No gimmick, no pressure, no coercion. I want you to make your best pledge of what you're going to give to Legacy. We have a $9 million matching grant. Whatever you give, it's doubled up to $9 million. What an amazing gift we have in people in this community who have already given us buildings, money. We've got the matching grant. I want you, I want you to do, here's what I want you to do. I want you to do what God's placed on your heart, whatever that is, whatever that is. I want you to write it down. You can write an IOU. This is going to be between now and March. We're believing God for the funds to come in. But if you don't have it right now, you can, you can write an IOU on this card. I want you to write it down. And here's what we're going to do. Let's stand to our feet now. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to appeal to you to, number one, write down your greatest need. Number two, we're going to take communion together here in just a minute. Ushers, you can come on down. Leaders, you can stand here at the front. And li listen to me carefully. Our prayers are not answered because of what we give in the form of money. Can I get an amen? But how many of y'all know that God delights in the generosity of his people? We're not giving money to get anything from God. We're going to simply offer these prayer requests. But I want you to write, again, write whatever amount God has placed on your right on the card. Right now, if you will. And then here in just a minute, I'm going to release you row by row. And I want you to come up here and listen. If you don't have anything to give or pledge, that's okay. At least bring this card with your prayer request on it. I want you to bring it. We're going to have the baskets at the front. You're going to give them your card. And in return, they're going to give you the communion elements. Is that clear? You're going to give your card. They're going to give you the communion elements. And so ushers, go ahead. You can begin to release row by row. And again, I just want you to do what God wants you to do. But I want you to come down now, receive your elements, and then we're going to come back. We're going to take communion together. We're going to worship. Oh, there's no one like you, Jesus. All glory and honor to you, Jesus. This is a house of worship. This is a place of praise Where every demon trembles Where we 
elements. If you didn't receive them, please just maybe lift your other hand. Our ushers will take care of you. But today we're going to take communion together. And we've pledged to give our best. But I'm so thankful that 2,000 years ago, God gave us the greatest gift this world has ever known or will ever know. And his name is Jesus. And right now, I want you to close your eyes and bow with me as we prepare our hearts to partake. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the seed of your son sown into this world. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to this earth, to this world, to save us, to deliver us, to forgive our sins and to reconcile us to the Father. Jesus, you said as often as we do this, we are to do it in remembrance of you. And so, Jesus, we remember your suffering. We thank you for what you went through for us. For the joy set before you, you endured the cross, scorning its shame. And you're seated now at the right hand of the Father. And so, Jesus, thank you for your body. Go ahead and peel back the first layer, if you will, and take out the bread. Thank you, Jesus. You are the bread of life, the bread from heaven. Thank you for your broken body offered for us. And before you partake, you don't have to be a member of this church. But we do ask that you partake in a worthy manner. And if there's any unconfessed sin in your life, anything you have not brought to the Lord to repent of, right now, just do that. Say, Father, I'm turning. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for my sin. I'm so sorry for what I did. I'm so sorry for what I said. Forgive, forgive us, Lord. We all need your grace. We all need your mercy. We all need your pardon. And so, Lord, thank you that we stand forgiven because of your broken body, Lord Jesus. Whenever you're ready, go ahead and partake. And once you've done so, please peel back the second layer. If you would hold up the cup with me. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, can y'all say thank you? Thank you, Jesus, for your broken body. Thank you for your blood that was poured out for us for the forgiveness of sins. We now partake by faith in Jesus' name. Go ahead whenever you're ready.
wanted to give in the Legacy Project and you weren't prepared today, it's not a problem. You can bring that next week, just drop it in the offering container as it goes by. And then secondly, uh, every year we do a Christmas gifts for children that are in need, families that are in need. I forgot to announce it to you last Sunday, so a lot of them are already gone. We're partnering with two organizations, Little Lambs. These are children whose parents are incarcerated, as well as the DCFS. These are kids within the foster care system. And so there's some left on the Christmas tree.